Hello everyone, I'm your host Patrick Reiserov. Today we have Yana Ade, a recent graduate, a recent master's student who graduated last summer. And for her master's thesis, Yana did a project in Zambia looking at stunting in children. And she was looking at the one up to two years age group, looking at things such as how breastfeeding affects growth, so how the household dynamic also affects the growth in children. So Yana, just to start off, uh, what is stunting? And thank you for coming here. Of course, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you about my experience in Zambia here. And yeah, what is stunting? So stunting describes the most prevalent condition of malnutrition children experienced by acute and long-term inadequate food intake. So stunting takes a heavy toll on affected children as they struggle with consequences. Uh, they can never catch up throughout life. So it manifests itself in immediate and long-term consequences and includes uh, increased morbidity and mortality, impaired cognitive, motoric uh, development, linear growth retardation. And yeah, so a child is considered stunted if his or her uh, high for age set score is two or more than two standard deviations below the WHO child growth standards median. So, which means that a seven-year-old stunted child can be as developed as a five, healthy five-year-old child. Okay, and what was this score you were talking about? I've never heard about this before. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's from the WHO. It's kind of a, it's a, um, uh, a table where you see um, at which age, um, if a child is properly um, developed, how tall the child should be in this specific age. And if a child is two standard deviations below that um, value, it's considered stunted. And if it's more than two standard, below two standard deviations, it's considered a severe stunted. Interesting. So you said it's both in terms of growth and also mental as well. So mental uh, development. So that's yeah. how that's how we we come to like a, a cycle, right? So uh, ch children grow and then they are less mentally uh, uh, developed. So then it's like this continues in the next generation, right? So True. It's like a... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like okay. that. So I have like the recommendations of the, the WHO and the UNICEF, the World Health Organization. And they all say that inside the first one hour of life, kids should be breastfed. And after that, exclusively breastfed up to, uh, for, for the first six months of life. Exactly. And then, and then is it, for, is it up to two years after that, uh, with the introduction of new food? So these are the recommendations. Exactly. So for the first six months, um, it's absolutely fine to just breastfeed, like exclusive breastfeed. You don't need to give to your dad like water or other food. Um, and after the six months, you can start to um, complement breast milk with semi-solid foods like uh, yeah, porridge or soft foods. Yeah. And um, but you continue breastfeeding, but not exclusively. So up to two years. And after that, the child is able to 
uh, like properly eat mm. solid foods and don't need breast milk anymore. Okay, interesting. So I was luckily, I think, breastfed uh, for the first few months. But then after that, I think uh, my mom, she had pro uh, trouble with making milk. So I think yeah. it, it is important to be breastfed, but I think you can still turn out okay if you are not. <laughs> <laughs> of course you can. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so what, why is breastfeeding important? So I've heard it's got links to the gut microbiome. What the, yeah, what, why is breastfeeding important during early life? Yeah, so I mean, um, the ability of a newborn to take in solid foods is naturally limited. So it's in the nature of all mammals to nurse the offspring. And especially in the first two years of life, breastfeeding plays a, a crucial role. And yeah, as you said, um, this is a period um, where... So the, within this period, it's it's called window of opportunity, um, which covers the first thousand days from conception to the second birthday of a child. And within this time, um, beside the mother's nutrition, also the nutrition of the child displays essential a determinant of development and growth. And of course, the child's body needs sufficient nutrients, minerals, vitamins, etc., to develop properly. And ingenious as in nature is, the mother milk um, is uniquely composed to meet exactly the nutritional needs of human infants or of infants. And so, especially the first milk, it's named um, colostrum. It contains a power amount of antibodies, growth and tissue repair factors um, to protect babies against the development of several diseases such as um, diarrhea, necrotizing enterocolitis, um, allergic and autoimmune diseases, including celiac disease, type 1 diabetes. And there's also evidence about numerous benefits of breastfeeding, like um, positive association between breastfeeding and reduced inflammatory bowel disease, cardiovascular disease, obesity, type 2 diabetes, and so on. So you see already a lot of benefits. But beside that, you also need to consider that it does have like practical benefits. Um, I mean, let's have a look on the, on the safety of breast milk, yeah? Um, it's a ready composition. It's always in right temperature and most of the time available especially in environments um, with poor water and sanitation or hygiene or humanitarian settings where risk may be exacerbated. So, um, yeah, and I guess all these findings also support current WHO recommendation for breastfeeding as a key child survival intervention uh, since um, mortality was um, decreased with 12% like mortality risk um, by proper breastfeeding in children. So, and yeah, I guess there are numerous benefits um, to the health of the baby. And um, yeah. Okay, thank you for this answer, very detailed. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you were lucky to go to Zambia to investigate the effect the the household dynamics have on breastfeeding, right? Is, did I understand this correctly? Yeah, about breastfeeding and also the complementary feeding, like after the six months. Yeah. 
Mm, so, so by complementary feeding, you mean uh, additional breast f uh, feeding, or is this like additional like baby formula? What do you mean yeah. by it? Mm -hmm. like especially after the first six months, you uh, parents can start to complement breastfeeding with um, porridge or yeah baby formulas mm -hmm. or other foods like uh, soft fruits and um, so on. So and this is um, named complementary feeding. And yeah, it's recommended to start with that after the six months. Okay. And after the six months, uh, what did you find the, the most out in your time in Zambia? Is baby formula a big uh, part of this complementary feeding or is there other foods such as, I don't know, soft foods such as compote? Yeah, like not really. So uh, most of uh, Zambian mothers start to implement um, shima. It's a stable food in, in Zambia. It's a kind of a porridge made out of maize, mealy meal. So yeah, and they they already introduce it quite early, even before the six months. And um, yeah, so that's how they try to complement sometimes soft fruits like bananas, um, but yeah, or oranges, um, but not too too much actually. Okay, cool. So could you walk me through roughly what you did in Zambia from when you arrived? Uh, did you go conduct surveys with families? How did you collect your information? Yeah, so uh, what I did in Zambia was uh, I worked with uh, great people. Um, without the whole project would not, would not have been possible. So fortunately, um, like the agriculture department from the BFH where I studied, uh, established a cooperation with the Zambian organization. It's called IAPRI. It's uh, Indaba Agriculture um, and Policy Research Institute. And um, so in June 22, I, yeah, it was time to go to Zambia. <laughs> and uh, I was able to set up my research with uh, Dr. Mary Lubungu. And um, yeah. There were still a lot of things to organize, like an uh, application needed to be made uh, to the University of Zambia to get the permission to conduct research and yeah, to decide on which study sites we want to go to conduct the research. And yeah, the aim was to investigate how intra-household dynamics affects the feeding behavior of the mothers. Mm. And yeah, for this purpose, um, we conducted interviews in two different provinces in Zambia. Uh, Luapula province with the highest stunting rate with uh, 47% and uh, in Copper Belt province with the lowest stunting rate uh, with 22%. And yeah, I was supported by uh, Fabiano Tembo. He, is, he was a, like a researcher or he is a researcher, great researcher. And um, he has a lot of experience and was valuable help also with uh, translation, etc. And um, yeah, because in, in Zambia, there are around 33 different languages and we only conduct two or three interviews in English. So all the others, Fabiano did a great job in tra translating the interviews. Yeah. And um, yeah, we went to two different study sites, to Ndola and to Manza and um, conducted a total of 50 interviews and six focus group discussions with mothers and fathers. And um, yeah, I mainly ask questions about the intra-household dynamics, 
breastfeeding and the complementary feeding. And um, the target group were mothers and fathers with children up to two years. And yeah, I gathered a lot of information. And after I returned to Lusaka, to the capital of Zambia, I already transcribed and coded all the data and already worked on, on the results, kind of, yeah. So did you have like a qualitative, inter, uh, qualitative information or was it also quantitative? No, unfortunately not. <laughs> I, it's, it's mainly qualitative. Yeah. Okay. So, so by qualitative, we mean information to do with words, right? So something which yeah. cannot be uh, measured using statistics. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But crazy that you said that was it 46% in the, in the biggest province of stunting. Yeah. That's like one in every two kids. Yeah. It seems to be, yeah. It's really but, a lot. Yeah. So what did you find? What were the main takeaways? Yeah, I, I always try to answer that question for myself because I really had a lot of important findings, but, um, I guess one of the key findings is, um, the way mothers feed their children and therefore the nutrition, um, on the child is determined by many factors and there isn't a, like a, a one fits all solution in that issue. So. Um, you really need to be aware about the context and the setting. And um, yeah, that I ex explicitly say that the way of mothers, um, how they feed their babies, because that's that's basically how they how they do it in Zambia. Like the mother is responsible for household chores and the children, and the father is responsible for earning and providing uh, money for the family. And um, surprisingly, I kind of observed an, a change in the division of the tasks. Some fathers told me that they try to support the women and uh, also guide them in questions of child nutrition. Um, yeah, however, the nutrition, it's, it's, it's influenced also by, by social acceptance and prestige. Like one father, for instance, he told me that others gonna laugh at his child when he sends them uh, out to the streets with an apple, for instance, but when he gives them cookies or sweets, the other kind of respect them because they can obviously afford to buy processed foods, no matter how unhealthy they are. So yeah, fortunately, the importance of providing a diverse diet is uh, gaining popularity and awareness and uh, parents really try or um, are more likely to follow a diverse diet if it's possible. Okay. So the, that is the priority you're saying. So it's the priority to create awareness of the importance of fruits and vegetables because yeah. it's not currently being done. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. They at least start to understand that it's, it's important to um, include different fruits and vegetables in the diet. Yeah. Mm. So crazy because we learned that uh, in Europe that ultra processed food is like the worst thing for yeah. our health, like uh, changing. And here they think yeah. the opposite. Yeah, and there is a like a fast food chain. It's called um, Lion King or King King's Lion or something okay. like that, which uh, offers uh, chicken. Like it's it's comparable with KFC, I guess here. And uh, yeah, all the fathers were super proud, like telling me that uh, in the early years, they um, 
took their children to that place and they thought, oh, it's good food, but actually, mm. yeah, they realized it's not. And did you see any bad practices from the mothers, for example, such as uh, force feeding their kids? uh food or because we learned that it's a very important to create a healthy relationship with food and sometimes yeah mothers yeah. like yeah true yeah no not really it was more that mothers told me that um sometimes if they uh, they would love to offer um diet diet food uh diverse food or diverse diet but they cannot afford it kind of mm. so our food is not available or too expensive, so they can only provide the minimum and the minimum is in Shima. So it's quite, yeah, it's not diverse because they eat it for, for breakfast, for lunch, for evening dinner and uh, the next day again. So there is not really a diverse diet, even if they would love to. Yeah. And up to the first six months of life, were there any mothers that you met who only gave formula without no ex uh, breastfeeding? No, no. Okay, so it seems like they know the importance of breastfeeding, which is very good. Yeah, mm, yeah, they know, but to follow the recommendations is, an, is another thing. Mm. <laughs> you know, they even know like that's actually what I asked in, in the interview. So do you know about the health benefits and, um, and uh, why is it good to breastfeed your child? And they all, all of them, they gave me like correct answers and, but still they don't follow the recommendations. So knowing how important breastfeeding is does not automatically, um, lead to, to proper breastfeeding. Yeah. Okay. So, so when you say they're not following recommendations, you mean, uh, what do you mean exactly? Cause you said that they're breastfeeding up to six months, which yeah. is that, that, that is okay. Right. Yeah. But they, they start to, they, if they exclusively breastfeed up to six months, they already, no, they don't do exclusive breastfeeding. Like they introduce competent ah. feeding too early, ah, like okay. three or four months already. And mm. also they mean the children between one year, six, one year, eight. So yeah, it's a bit like one year and eight months. Of, yeah. Okay. So by, by weaning, you mean giving food for the first time? Yeah. No, to, to, to stop breastfeeding. Okay. So yeah. that, that, that's yeah. the meaning of weaning. Cause I forgot. Yeah. yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So th then this Inshima that is quite, I don't know. Did you, did you find it tasty? Was it good? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, it's nice. It's, it's, um, like it fills the belly kind of, and I really enjoyed it, but after some time, I would have loved to have more variety, <laughs> like you get kind of tired. And I mean, I, I was just, uh, there for two months, but, uh, yeah, after three or four days, having an Shima every day, you kind of get tired and you're craving for something else. So yeah, I, I it's hard to imagine to really eat an Shima like every day for the rest of mm. your life. Yeah. It's more that, yeah. So, so what, first, yeah. Um, sorry. 
No, yeah, finish. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for for mothers, um, it's like, yeah, I I gave my children shima because it fills the belly and they don't suffer hunger, but actually the body suffers hidden hunger, so it's not really obvious, but they are craving for nutrients and um, vitamins, minerals, and yeah, that's that's the issue as well. So hidden hunger, that's one of the causes of stunting from what I remember. So it can be due to several micronutrients. I think uh, I cannot remember exactly which ones uh, I'm trying to look up now. Uh, maybe I can find the ones which are missing. Mm-hmm. So it's iron, zinc, vitamin A and iodine. So, yeah. most, so, yeah. so iron can lead to anemia, zinc, uh, skin alterations, diarrhea, uh, vitamin A, uh, blindness, and iodine, goiter, or cretinism. And, uh, um, yeah, you probably didn't see these, these extreme signs of severe deficiency, but, uh, it's important just to be aware that hidden hunger is there. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Okay. So you, you were very brave to go all the way to Zambia. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was a pleasure to stay there. It was it was really really nice. I really enjoyed. How were the people? Uh, what was the your one biggest takeaway? Yeah, um, I guess so. Zambia is a great country with a lot of potential and opportunities as well. So since this year, a lot of things happened in politics, and a new government is uh, reshuffling the cards. And I'm excited about to see where the country is heading to. And uh, yeah, at the beginning, I was, uh, yeah, I had a lot of respect about the trip. And um, yeah, because you read on the internet that it's dangerous for tourists and you have to be careful, etc. And I was a bit intimidated at the first. So I was uh, all the happier when I when I could convince myself like the other ways. So um, besides my project, fortunately I had a chance to get to know amazing Zambian people. And uh, precisely these encounters also made my, my stay in Zambia a unique experience. And yeah, I would list them all, but <laughs> there's probably no time. <laughs> um, yeah, however, it was really a pleasure to be there and uh, I aim to go back once um, I had a really good time and, uh, made a lot of good friends. And so I want to go back once. Yeah. So all in all, you felt safe, uh, when yeah. you were there as well. Okay. Yeah. There was not a single moment when I was scared or n- nothing like that. Really like, uh, most hospital, um, no, host, host, how is it called? Host, host, Hostels. Host, like they were super friendly and welcomed me like warm heartly and yeah. How the hosts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And what is your best, best memory? Um, <laughs> the great <laughs> parties we had <laughs> as well. Yes. Yeah, Zambians, they, they party like crazy. It's oh, yeah. different to Europe, like dancing all the time and party already starts at 7 PM and yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice. And the music as well. And just the whole the whole vibe, like people are so happy and 
they have a completely different mindset or mood and yeah, they are, they're really like satisfied, even though they have not that much, but they're just happy. And I, I really admire like these people. Yeah. That's mm. what I miss here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the people in Switzerland are happy as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. On a, on a, on another way, I guess. Yeah. And in terms of poverty, uh, like, is it as bad as we are led to believe in Europe? Uh, is it extreme? Yeah, uh, this is really a, a, like an exciting question. And, and on my way from the airport to the IAPRI office, I found myself surprised um, at the how at how green the plants were. I always imagine in Africa, everything is super brown and dry and people all live in mud huts uh, without water and electricity. And um, of course, uh, yeah, you cannot standardize this. There are certainly still places um, where that's the case, but uh, it really depends on where you are. Uh, bigger cities are developing incredibly fast. And there are big shopping malls, which come close to the standard of European shopping malls. So there is hardly any difference anymore. And almost everyone owns a mobile phone, internet. Um, they even use mobile money. And of course, this is mainly concentrated in the urban and semi or suburban areas. In rural areas, it is, uh, as I at described already, like uh, no electricity grid to be seen for miles, uh, cut off from hospitals and medical care, um, one fountain or a water hole that uh, supplies the whole village with water. And yeah, this is the daily reality for the people there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's amazing to hear that people have telephones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, well, is it good telephones they have, or is it like, uh, uh, Nokia telephones, for example? Yeah, it, this really depends. Like, um, people who can afford, they, they, they have iPhones. They also wow. Sell, wow. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, others may not, uh, own that phone because they just cannot afford it. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, drawing slowly to a close, uh, has your project, um, got any future? Are there any like future students taking on the next, the steps of your project? Yeah, maybe it's not really clear. So Fran Francisca Pfister, my supervisor, um, from, from BFH and I, we currently working on a publication. So we want to publish some of the results. And um, maybe if another student um, is willing to go on with a, a deeper research on that topic, I'm sure Francisca is open for that as well. And yeah, we will see what future brings. Maybe someday there will come up an opportunity. <laughs> okay. And to, to finish off with the last question, uh, you probably had some time to do some, uh, philosophy to think a little bit when you're there. So just like, uh, yeah, a nice question to finish off with. I, I like to ask It's like for you, what is the, the meaning of life? <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a lot of time to think about what I want in life. What are my 
values, what I, what, what is happiness, what makes me happy. So, um, yeah, I guess just to remember who you are, where you're from, to appreciate what you have and to always stay true to yourself, like to your values and what is important for you in life and uh, what makes you happy at the end. And for myself, it was just to, to have this experience to get to know all those incredible people and to have a, like an insight of this African spirit and um, yeah, like the positivity and um, how people are. Great answer. And uh, so if anyone wants to find out more about this project, I'm sure they, they can contact you. Of course. Of and, and maybe do you, will you have a paper coming out soon? Yes, like soon. I don't know yet. We try to, but yeah, it will take some time. Yeah, but um, I will let you know. <laughs> it's in the in the process of being submitted. Yes, exactly. Okay, really good. I look forward to reading it. Yeah, sure. So sure. thank you very much for joining today and for giving us an insight into why uh, some people in Africa might be suffering from stunting. Yes. And uh, have a good uh, rest of the weekend. Thank you. You too. It was a Take pleasure. Care. <laughs> Bye. Bye.